Greetings, Andy Dukes here. Welcome to Ride and Talk, episode 7, direct from Eichmar in Milan, Italy. It's buzzing here, absolutely ram-packed with people and pretty loud, actually, so we can't do too much about the background noise. But what we can do is take a deeper dive into some of the highlights from the show, which included three world premieres, the F900R, the F900XR and the S1000XR. But before we speak to the project managers for those bikes, we also saw some amazing first impressions of the new Concept R18-2, so I just had to get a few words from the guy who designed it. Listen up. I'm here in Eichmer. It's really, really busy here. The stand's rammed. I'm with uh, Bart Janssen Grosbeck, who's the designer uh, of the Concept R18 and the Concept R18-2 that we saw the first impressions of during the press conference. But, you know, ever since here, the Concept R18 on the stand, it's six months since it was unveiled in Italy last May. Since then, BMW's confirmed it's going to be entering the Cruiser segment in 2020. It was confirmed earlier during the press conference that that the series production bike is going to be called the R18. And the first impressions of the second concept bike that's going to be unveiled at some point early in 2020 were amazing. They really were. And here with a guy who has had a lot to do with it. I saw a design sketch a few months ago, but I've been waiting, waiting, waiting to see the real thing. But I was seriously impressed with what I saw. Uh, thanks very much, Andy. I'm, uh, I'm happy that the reaction was uh, as positive as we, we thought, because actually it was a bit of a, a risk what we took, because we made it much more uh, like a hot rod. It was completely almost like the opposite direction of the, the first R18 concept bike. And we're happy that people appreciated the, uh, the direction we took and that they really can see for themselves like uh, what the, the base of this motorcycle, what you can do with it. And really you can give a different character playing with the, the s- several elements, you know, with, with, a, with a cowling, with, with a mudguard, with the wheel sizes. And it completely changed the the feel and and the you know the impression that the bike gives. Yeah, I mean that was the thing that surprised me more than anything. You know, uh, it just the design. It just shows the versatility of the original concept, exactly. doesn't it? Yeah. And, and the thing that I noticed most was how it really came to life when you see somebody sitting on it. I mean, exactly. that makes all the difference, doesn't it? Exactly. And then also, like we, for the first time when we saw the the, the pictures, which came from the shoot. We are also there, happily surprised because actually it has like a little bit of a, a menacing and a more modern, uh, youthful uh, look to it. And uh, so we 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 really tried to give it this kind of like to go far away from what we did with the R18, like this more like classical BMW heritage, and to really give it a look that would appeal to another uh, group of people. And, but at the same kind of create the same kind of emotion that we did with the first R18. And, and that's the, the most, most important thing which we can do with the bikes we make is to let people really have a, a reaction to it. Yeah, I mean, it certainly captures the emotions. I actually yeah. managed to have a quick word with uh, uh, Justin Benson, you know, who's, yeah. who's one of the few guys who've been lucky enough to ride it. Exactly. And he was completely blown away by it. Yeah, you know, cool. Not just by, not just by the, uh, the sound of it and the feel of it, yeah. but actually by how much torque there is in that big box. Of yeah, motor. yeah. It's, the, it's really, uh, you know, you really, the first time you ride it, you know, that the, the boxer feel, you open the throttle and it really gives some kind of... It's a completely different experience where you have like with a normal where the uh, the crankshaft is, is like transfers on the, on the driver's uh, direction. So, yeah, that's that's one of the nice 
things when we talk about like look feel and sound like the feel of the engine is really coming through and it gives us the unique character of the of the bike so together with the big displacement so the big torque this kind of engine reaction actually gives a lot of character. Yeah, uh, and hopefully it kind of feels mechanical in, you know, exactly. in, 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 an old, in an old school way. Exactly, exactly. And, and like what we really try to do is to, uh, people have a connection with the motorcycle. It's not just about like the riding and uh, the going somewhere, but actually that the feelings and the, um, like that it feels something which is alive, like the, the motorcycle and not like something just like an appliance. Yeah, and just going back to the design as well, you know, it seems to me like you kept the, the, the frame, the tank, the engine as a base, but chopped just about everything else. Exactly, exactly. They, they, that's the, the, the strength of the design what we made, that it's so easily adaptable with changing actually so few parts. And um, because the base parts, like, like you said, the fuel tank, the engine and the frame, they're between the two concepts, they're, they're the same. And the things we change is everything around it. But just by changing those parts, you change the silhouette, you change the, the stance, you give it a completely different uh, feel. So the R18 felt like low and, and long. And this has a much more dynamic uh, feel to it because of the proportion of the, of the cowling, which sits higher. The collar split, which you, your eye follows from the mudguard to the tank to the, the to, to, to little cowling. And you feel when somebody, especially when you, like you said before, when somebody rides it, you feel that it's he's, he's part with the machine. It, it, it really, uh, you know, the, the, the rider's silhouette fits perfectly with the silhouette of the motorcycle. Yeah, so, so different from, from the concept R18 and, and that, that deep that deep red I don't know if it has an official color but you know how did you decide on that you know what did it did it, did it look right straight away or was there a lot of internal well, discussion it, it, it was part of those because we at BMW we do we have two uh, inside the design with pun we have designers which they um, they're occupied with making the shapes and the designers who are occupied with the surfacing with with the paint, paint and stuff um, and uh, so I basically did the whole like the shapes the mud gas the cowling and stuff and my colleague Teresa, she did all the all the paint stuff, and we immediately from the beginning we decided we want to go away from the black and the black and the white striping, and really make the other bookend not only with the shapes but also with the color. And then we said, what is the like one of the most expression part is to really make it red, and it's like it's it's almost like on BMW like, but because of the you know the, we had the concept car with it, they had the same kind of like deep red. And we thought, you know, it could be quite fitting because it fits with this kind of uh, more, let's say, expressive kind of character. It's it's more, it's not loud, but it's like it's a more extrovert compared yeah. to the yeah. uh, the other one. I, I mean, and, and I must admit, when I when I'd seen the original design sketch and I saw the cast wheels, I, I wasn't sure. But yeah, when exactly. I've seen the finished bike, it, it just fits, doesn't it? Now, also, I I spoke with uh, with a guy who we built it together with with Rona, and actually we also think it looks better than we imagined it so everything uh, kind of gels in a way we didn't uh, foresee and uh, especially like as you said the, the, the pictures in, in the video and when you see the guy riding it it has you know it has such a masculine uh, I don't know if I should say masculine but kind of a dynamic and uh, yes almost like a sporty feel to it which you know which is attractive you know it really yeah it, it it gives it a completely different emotion to it. Yeah, and of course here at Eichmere it's the first big show that we're seeing the concept R18 because of course it was launched at the Concorso in Italy six months ago. But 
when could you envisage? Okay, I, I don't want to don't want to have to quote you on this, but when when possibly might we see the uh, slash two in the metal at a show? Is it going to be early next year? Would yeah, you early next year. So we plan it. So there are some like shows early next year where we have uh, probably we will bring bring them here in different places in Europe. Probably we're now planning it out where which could be like the right event to to show it for because uh, we really want to show the bike in the flesh and that people have a feel like because uh, it's like as you said it was the R rating we, we showed like six months ago and everybody knows it from, from, from the web but for many people it's the first time they see it in the flesh and we're still surprised like, like how long people stay at it and like the amount of people that stay long on our, on our stand to have a look at it it really surprises after such a long time when it's already out there yeah I mean it's all looking great and the Slash 2 as well it's serving a purpose it's all revving up interest in the forthcoming series bike exactly uh, so we're all looking forward to that thanks for taking the time to talk to us Bart Thank really you, appreciate the work you're doing Thank it's you. fantastic Thank take you care much. okay Okay, so we had a really good chat with Bart back there about the Concept R18 Slash 2, and I'm lucky enough to be sitting right alongside a guy who's ridden the damn thing. Okay, it's Justin Benson. How are you doing, Justin? Great. Thanks for having me. So you're here all, all the way over from Canada? What's what's the score? What are you doing over here then? Yeah, so pretty wild story, actually. Uh, they, a couple months ago, I just get a DM from a homie at a BMW asking, like, hey, man, we got this top secret bike. Uh, if you are into it, we'd love to have you fly out and be our guy to be the first one to ride it. And I was like, uh, yeah, I think I can probably clear my schedule up for it. Okay, so that kind of thing doesn't happen to me. Were you in the right place at the right time? What was the connection? Yeah, right place, run time, and just you know uh i just establish relationships with people and you know yeah you never know where things are going to end end up absolutely brilliant so what do you do back home uh i'm a brand director and a graphic designer for uh like a restaurant group so everything from designing menus designing spaces uh designing um any of the t-shirts all that sort of stuff and then also in charge of all the social media so everything all the posts that go out everything outward facing from all these restaurants i'm in charge of and the love of motorcycles where's that come from oh man i grew up riding motorcycles so when we when i was quite young um we lived in the city always but we would go out to the farm and ride little dirt bikes around and so like every weekend we would be out there ripping and then come back on the during the week with you know bumps and bruises and i just couldn't wait to get back out so um, that's where I started, uh, and then when I was about 22, I lived in Vancouver and uh, was skateboarding a lot. And our friends, we all wanted to, we all wanted to get to these skate parks that were like a little ways outside of the city. So we didn't really have a way to get there, and we started thinking like, oh, motorcycles would be a good idea. So we all got these little, you know, little old bikes and uh, learned how to fix them up and strapped our uh, boards to the back, and we would just go park to park, and uh, that's kind of where it all, like my truce loved started. Absolutely brilliant. And here at Eichner, of course, we got the first impressions of the Slash 2. And it's just taken the place by storm. People are really, really enthusiastic about what they saw, those first impressions. But you've been on it, you've ridden it, so come on, put us out of our misery. Yeah, it's pretty wild. I feel like a lot of pressure is on me because I am one of the very, very few people that has ridden this bike. Um, it's I. It's hard to even speak about it. It's an incredible, incredible bike. It was such a, a an amazing experience. Uh, obviously, it's a, a very large bike, so it's 1,800 cc's. Um, typically, not as that. I don't ride something that big. Um, I was blown away when I got on it how nimble it is for a bike that big with that much jam. Like we were, I was zipping through the city. I was, you know, it, like it was like I was riding my dirt bike again, but I'm riding a you know 300 kilo cruiser. So um, yeah, the sound 
like will blow you away. The sound like, and just like every little design cue, like we turned so many heads when we were ripping around. Like those cast wheels, I absolutely love. Um, the uh, open shaft drive, obviously, is very cool. Um, little that little front fairing, um, the, even the, the position, everything about the bike is so aggressive. The stance, the way it looks, like oh, it's just. Yeah, it's a mean machine. Yeah, I mean, to me, I'd seen the design sketches originally, but only when somebody's actually sitting on it that it truly came to life for me, and it just looks right, doesn't it? Oh, yeah, it's wild. I mean, yeah, I, again, I feel very lucky to be one of the few. <laughs> and then, you know, as somebody who's never ridden a boxer engine bigger than 1250cc, tell me what the 1800cc big boxer unit feels like. Well, uh, there's a lot between your legs. So, um, and I, I mean, I kind of touched on this in, in our, like, the promo video for it, but it the power is pretty limitless. Like, it's as fast as you want to go. Um, yeah, it, it's pretty cool to, that they've uh, engineered something, at the, you know, that is has that much power um yeah as as far as you want to take it that's what i could say okay so what you're also saying justin is basically we've got a lot to look forward to at some point in 2020 when the uh, production version comes out yeah the production version is uh I, if, from everything i've been hearing is going to turn a few heads it's a it's a crazy bike yeah well listen thanks for talking to us enjoy the rest of it and we'll uh, no doubt catch up with you later oh thank you so much Right, I'm here at Eichmann with Max Renko, product manager for the new S1000XR. Max, congratulations. It looks absolutely brilliant, but how's the reaction of the crowds here at Eichmann been to it? As far as I can tell, the reactions have been amazing. So it's really difficult to get close to the bike right now. Everybody's just checking it out and really, really, we're really happy with the reaction of the crowd. Yeah, I mean, it took me a long time to find you this morning because there are just people all over the BMW Motorrad display stand, especially around the new bike as well. Uh, the media launch was fantastic yesterday. It was a great response from all the journalists as well, wasn't there? Yeah, I got a bit, little bit of a sore throat by now because I've given so many interviews and you know, explaining all the new features of the bike. Um, as you know, I can talk forever about the new bike, unfortunately. So that uh, takes even more time. But um, now the interest has been great so far. It's really uh, amazing. Yeah, and of course it's the second generation XR, but the first one was a huge success. Did you ever imagine it would be as, as popular as it has been? Honestly, even at BMW there were people, you know, who didn't get the idea at first because we back in the days we had the GS and it was selling incredibly well. However, we did see some potential for the market because there were some customers who want to enter the adventure segment but couldn't be addressed by a current two-cylinder offering. So um, we're talking about mostly um, former superbike riders and sports bike riders that at some point progressed away from track day and street hooning towards a more long distance and touring oriented um, playing field um, with, you know, at some point you probably don't want to race on the street or on a track anymore and want to spend some time with your wife on the bike and maybe go see some places you couldn't ride a superbike to because you can't cover so much distance in one day. Um, but these people were still attracted by the concept of revvy four-cylinder engines and precise handling characteristics and strong brakes and all the gizmos and tech that is featured on our R, but just wanted to have it in a like GS-like ergonomic bike. So is that pretty much how you'd sum up the XR designation? I mean, if you had to explain it in a nutshell, how would you do that? You take the ergonomics of a GS and the travel capabilities and mix in all the tech and ballistic power of a doubler. That's what an XR is, more or less. Simple as that. And what kind of riders would you say that, you know, the, that the big XR is designed for then? 
Yeah, as I said, um, former superbike riders find the concept most appealing, but also a lot of people, you know, coming over from dynamic roads, those like our S1000R, they just want to have like a sports bike for everyday use and more travel capabilities. So a lot of your customers for the first generation were people who had been kind of raised in, on the superbike culture and, and appreciate the speed and the acceleration and all those kind of things, but, but now they're looking for something that gives them a lot more effectively, but without losing any of the... Uh, strong power and torque characteristics exactly but it's that's one of the the biggest target groups but beside that we see a lot of people buying Nexo just because it's the the most agile and um, you know just the easiest handling alternative to to many other adventure bikes other bikes are getting heavier and heavier by each generation we, on the other hand, try to become lighter as uh, for the successor. So, give me some give me some facts and figures about the new bike then. We are in typical customer spec with 10 kilograms lighter than the predecessor. So, I'm talking about the bike with all the normal packages and options that our customers usually choose for. Um, and this really nets an amazing increase in agility. Um, at the same time, we increased the uh, ratios for the top uh, gears, so 4th, 5th and 6th gear are longer. 6th gear is 8% longer, so that reduces the RPMs on steady highway crews and improves fuel range. We still have the same 20-litre tank, but by cutting the fuel consumption by half a litre, we actually have a wider autonomy. Um, at the same time, our 0 to 200 kilometer acceleration uh, time is shorter than the old ones, or better. But at the same time, because we improved our coefficient of drag, we are now 7% more aerodynamic, which nets us at maximum top speed of 255 kilometers. So it's even faster in both acceleration and top speed, in spite of not increasing horsepower because we focus on other areas. Wow, that is pretty impressive. And 10 kilogram weight loss in, in this segment is, is massive, of course. So, And there's been a new F900 XR. So it, how would you sum up the different personalities of each of these two bikes? Well, the, the S1000XR is, how should I put it, a little bit more macho. It's a very masculine bike um, that, is tar that targets experienced uh, riders who have been uh, riding and racing 1000cc sports bikes forever, whereas the 900XR is a bike that appeals even to people coming from smaller bikes, say from a 500cc class and upwards. So they're more... You know, they're, they invite you more, whereas the, the big XR is a little bit more intimidating at first. And you need to, uh, I like to compare it, you need to, you know, conquer the dragon, you know. But once you, you're able to, to, once you put the dragon to submission, it's really an amazing ride. And that's the thing, because it's all about the road, isn't it? On the road. And, you know, you don't, obviously, from what you've told me just now, you don't need 200 horsepower in the XR designation. So... You've, you, you've modified the engine to suit the best possible road ca characteristics again, is that right? Yeah, exactly. So um, I think a lot of people might be confused by the same top uh, horsepower figures like the old bike had. Um, what are those horsepower figures, Matt? We do have 165 ponies on tap, um, but we try to improve the mid-range torque. Okay, so with the new generation of the S1000XR, we were looking to improve all the aspects of the new bike and of course also the engine was part of that however um, the shift cam has its merits for the double R because it combines the low end grunts that we had on the first generation XR with the top end ballistic power of a first generation double R 
However, for the XR, there is little use for a 14,500 RPM redline. So the shift cam only comes on at 9.5,000 RPM. And for an XR, the use case is somewhere between 5,000 and 9,000 RPM. So you would hardly ever make use of that. Whereas at the same time, you would be carrying the weight and the costs of the shift cam system without having a real-world benefit of it. And by ditching the shift cam system, it allowed our engineers to focus purely on mid-range torque. So then you can start optimizing, you know, header diameters and all the properties to make for better torque in the mid-range. Um, to give you some figures, um, coming out of tight turns and, you know, mounting uh, curves, you have more torque, more usable torque than the doubler has, even without the shift cam system. This is where it matters. Yeah, so it's, co it's completely geared towards sporty, dynamic road riding. But looking at the bikes down on the stand, it seems like they've got a lot of specification on them and, and quite a bit of that is standard, right? Yeah, so compared to the first generation, we have a very comprehensive spec list in the standard trim. So now, for example, dynamic ease of suspension is standard on the bike and it's a completely new generation with much improved valving technology. Um, so we also have the TFT with uh, inbuilt uh, connectivity and aero-guided navigation as standard on the bike. Full LED headlights, rear lights, it's taken over from the double R, the rear lights with the integrated indicators. Um, we do have our integrated pannier holders, which are fully decoupled. And by the way, these are made from magnesium, so they save 2.5 kilograms compared to the old one. Yeah, and of course, you know, a lot of people who are going to be buying this bike, they're going to want to go long distance on it, they're going to want to ride two up on it. So it's important that it has that. And I think you've also got sort of uh, adjustable screens on there as well, haven't you? Yeah, so we have a two-position screen that's very easy to adjust by a small lever. Um, there have been a couple of Japanese engineers uh, checking out the, the solution. Um, they're, they're, it's just funny seeing, you know, other engineers from other companies checking out the small details on the bike because there's so many details on that bike. For example, we have a small storage compartment uh, on the top of the tank, um, especially in Italy where we got a lot of toll stations. Um, these people just rave about the possibility because they don't have to look for their telepaths in their jackets, getting off, uh, taking the gloves off and, and look for the credit cards, the toll cards and everything. Um, the screen is just very easy to use. Um, the new ha handlebar decoupling system is just so much better than the old one. So the old XR was a really, really br brilliant bike. It was the best-selling adventure sports bike in its segment. But we improved so many details on the new bike that in, in it's, it's, it's more about the aggregation of marginal gains that makes the new bike so much better in, as a rider bike. So as a rider, as someone who's ridden a double R quite a lot, how would you say to me, if I were to ride the new XR, what kind of impression would I expect to get from that? Well, you wouldn't miss any feature you would have on a double R. So you have the same World Superbike Pro from Traction Control System that Tom Sykes has and the double R has. You've got the same Shift Assist Pro, the same ABS functions and everything. You can configure riding modes. Um, the four riding modes Pro, by the way, are standard on the bike. Um, you can configure the riding modes just the way you like in five dimensions, not like other bikes have only ABS, throttle response and traction control, but you have a separate wheelie control, separate engine brake you can adjust, um, and it just behaves like, an, like a super sport bike when it comes to the, the revvy nature of the engine, but it's not as punishing as a super bike uh, feels like. So it can really, it's, it's like an everyday long distance super bike that just has that little bit more of long distance performance. So you could ride 
200 kilometers to the Alps, hoon all day, and then go back again. And at the end of the day, you will not feel like run over by a truck. That sounds absolutely perfect. That sounds like my kind of bike, Max. But how long are people going to have to wait for it? When's it going to be uh, arriving in dealers then? Uh, it will hit the dealers in the second quarter of 2020. Just in time for the new season start. Exactly. Absolutely. Well, thanks for talking to us, Max. I really appreciate it. Good luck with the rest of the show. Thank you. Okay, one of the three world premieres at Eichmer has been the launch of the fantastic new F900R. I'm here with product manager Dorit Mangold. Dorit, I don't doubt you're surprised, but it's been a fantastic response to this new R, hasn't it? Yes, it's been very positive and people have been quite surprised at the big step this bike takes from the predecessor, the F800R. It's nothing like the F800R though, is it? It's completely bike, an all-new bike. Absolutely. It has no screw in common. It's based on the platform of the 850GS models that we've introduced over the last two years. But um, the engine is completely revised. The design, of course, is a radical step from the old R. It's a dynamic roadster. There's lots of things to talk about as well. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned dynamic there. I would add to that aggressive and sporty. So purely just on the looks of the bike alone, it looks like it's just meant to be ridden and ridden hard. Yeah, and dynamic roadster needs this design contrast between a muscular front and a very light and slim tail section. It needs to make you feel this elbows out spirit right from the start just by looking at it. And in terms of the technology on the bike compared to the, its predecessor, it's absolutely packed with new technology, isn't it? Yes, there's uh, already at standard level, you have the large color TFT display with full connectivity features. So navigation, communication, music, all there via the BMW Motorrad Connected app. You have full LED lighting, low beam, high beam indicators, rear light. And that's the standard spec. On the option side, you can add unique features like the new adaptive cornering light, uh, like the dynamic ESA electronic suspension adjustment that comes even with automatic damping control that is absolutely unique in the midsize segment. No other bike has that on offer. And things like uh, keyless ride, intelligent emergency call, gear shift assistant, riding modes pro, they are, let's say, normal for a BMW bike, but compared with the segment, they're by no means uh, common features. Yeah, and I mean, I'm a big fan of the predecessor, the F800R. Um, I love that bike. I thought it was really quick, really fun to ride, but you've improved the power and torque figures immensely over that one, haven't you? Yes, the, the old parallel twin of course was always a, a good engine but we've introduced the new parallel twin for the GS's and for the on-road models we've revised the engine one step further we have increased the bore it's a, not just a 900 in name it has 895 cc for real with a modified cylinder head um, forged pistons, increased compression ratio. That means that you get 105 horsepowers and 92 newton meters. That's just figures uh, to start with, but what you feel is that this torque is there at 
the low and mid-range revs. You have 87 Newton meters between four and a half and eight and a half revs. And that's where you feel it. And that's the biggest difference also to competitors' models. No other two or three cylinder mod motor has that. Now those are seriously impressive figures and that's absolutely perfect for coming out of twisty roads and just basically having fun on the bike. And speaking of fun, I saw Chris Pfeiffer here yesterday and uh, he was looking around all the bikes and he certainly noticed the F900R. I missed, I missed Chris, that's a, that's a pity. He put in an appearance and yeah, I mean, he, he loves that bike. I'm imagining that Matty Griffin maybe got a, what, his hand on an early model because, you know, if there's anyone who's going to turn it into a stunt bike, it's him. Can you tell us anything on that? Matty is working on his new bike, yes. He already tested it um, actually in July before the Motorrad days and he was quite taken with it from the first meters. And I'm curious myself what he's going to turn out of his uh, trick repertoire with this new tool of the trade. But it's not the only uh, 900 on show today here at EICMA. There's a new chapter in the XR success story. So apparently this platform translates pretty well to the adventure segment as well, doesn't it? Yes, there was always the plan uh, when designing this new model family uh, with the parallel twin that we would have two road-going models as opposed to the GS. Um, and for the travel-oriented model to take the XR concept one step further into the mid-size class was just a logical step. The first, the big XR, the S1000 XR, has been a huge success from day one. So to add another bike to the XR family was logical. And the F is the ideal platform for that because an XR is all about sporty riding combined with touring capability and a GS-like upright seating position. F900XR, it's got a ring to it already. So who would you say that this bike would appeal to then? The bike offers the perfect combination of a nearly roadster-like dynamic riding experience, but you can also, it, it has more wind and weather protection with an adjustable windscreen as standard and a bit of more, more fairing and more seating comfort with different seat foam and of course with this upright seating position, a wide handlebar, it's really very close to the GS seating position and this wide handlebar and upright position gives you the possibility to really throw the bikes from one corner to the other in a very agile and nimble riding style it's just unbelievable fun same backbone as the R but completely different character yes the char different character comes from the suspension setup and the ergonomics the suspension of the XR has more spring travel but uh, our development guys did some magic and uh, set it up in a way that this spring travel does not translate into seat height. Both the R and the XR come uh, with the, the option of a sus lowered suspension kit and several different seat alternatives, six in total for each bike. That means that they're accessible to a very wide range of, of customer types. 
small people, tall people, and with an A2 compliant version, both of them are also appealing for new license owners. That sounds absolutely brilliant. So it would be in a reduced power version for, for A2 holders, yeah? So, I mean, obviously it looks every bit as impressive as its big brother, but when is it going to be on sale? Both bikes are coming to dealers in February. Not too long to wait then, ready for the season start. Super, thanks for talking to us, Dara. It's fascinating what's coming out now. I'm really looking forward to throwing a leg over both of those bikes. Thank you, Andy, and see you soon. Have a good time at Eichmar. Okay, I managed to uh, catch up with Sandra Aim, head of brand and brand communication, because it's an all-new BMW Motorrad look and feel at Eichmar, and I just wanted to find out a little bit more about it. So, Sandra, what's the story? Well, basically, we started changing our brand in 2014, I think it was, when we um, launched our brand promise, which is called Make Life a Ride. You might have come across it in the last few years. Once or twice. And that was, so to say, the first start um, of changing BMW Motorrad from a very product-focused, focused product-only um, to a more experiential brand, more lifestyle-oriented. And um, when we did that, we also brushed up our brand identity, gave ourselves some new values, and rethought, of course, on the way how we are being perceived by our customers. And um, that's why we have, again, now at EICMA, we've started to launch a new corporate identity that will help sort of you know, explain through visuality what we are all about and what we want to be about in the future. And this exhibition stand is the first sort of step stone for our customers to to feel and to experience this new approach. Yeah, I mean, you know, the motorcycle industry is often accused of always doing things the same way. So it's really refreshing to see this completely different approach. And it is a really customer-centric approach because this whole this whole thing is about bringing Eichmer to the customers, not just the, not just the fans who are visiting, but also the ones who are watching around the world via the live streams that you're putting on. Exactly, and that was the big thought behind it. When we, you know, we've always had, we tried to fit every single product that we had onto our stand, and we wanted to make sure that you know, you could find everything that we we have to offer there. But it was, in a way, uh, more of a, an observant style of you know, getting in touch with the brand. And what we wanted and what we've established, I think, with this new stand is that people come onto it. They can talk with, with experts. They can talk with product management. We, we have a stage. And it's not just there for press day, but it's there for the public days as well. And we have um, a lot of program points or days of slots during the day that people not just at the fair but also online can follow these these programs and be part of it and um, funnily enough it seems to be going really well we have um, a lot of um, spectators from all over the world that are joining us for our programs and um, we've had some great feedback yeah, make, makes perfect sense to bring the show to the to the watching world rather than just to the people who are turning up in whichever city, city it is around the world. So I congratulate you on your efforts and uh, hopefully you'll enjoy the rest of IMA. Thanks for talking to us, Sandra. Thank you very much. So there you have it. Seriously exciting times ahead and so much to communicate. 
That's why BMW Motorrad really focused this year on bringing EICMA to the fans, with presentations, chat shows, special guests and bikes, bikes, bikes. Many of these shows are being streamed on the Facebook and YouTube brand channels, so check these out if you haven't already. And because we wanted to go even deeper into certain topics, we're also putting together a video podcast direct from EICMA, so look out for that one. We'll be back very soon with episode 8 of Ride and Talk, which features an exclusive interview with the new BMW Motorrad Factory World Superbike rider Eugene Lafferty. Want to find out more about the new bikes? Just get online, you know where to find us. But for now, it's ciao from me and Milan. See you soon.